Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. As you all know by now, I sponsor my own show and I am, of course, Sarah J. Naylor and you can find me over at sarahjnaylor.com. No surprise there. Um, And I'm the midlife success coach, obviously podcast host and author, writer, speaker, etc. So you can find out more about me at sarahjnaylor.com. But I want to get on with the show. So I'm really going to hand over now to my guest, the fabulous Fiona, and I'm going to get her to introduce herself to you all because my guests do a far better job of introducing themselves than myself. So over to you, Fiona, please introduce yourself to my awesome audience. Hello, everyone. And thank you, Sarah, for inviting me on your podcast. Uh, My name is Fiona Scott. I'm 56 years old. I live in Swindon in Wiltshire. I have been a journalist for 35 years this year. I've worked in uh, newspapers, radio and TV, and I still do a bit of all that and I've also run my own media consultancy for 15 years this year based out of Swindon working with small business owners charities and um, individuals who just want to be more visible and I either train them to do that or I do it for them. Yeah, and it's great. It's I mean, your career. I mean, when I when we first met, and I was looking at your, we, well, we've spoke previously, and I looked at what you've done. It all looks so wildly exciting, <laughs> having worked in TV and media. There's a certain gloss to that, but then the reality isn't always quite the same, is it? With all the demands and things like that within that sector, and then obviously you work for yourself now. But you you can help, as you say, people become visible, and that's what it's kind of all about, isn't it? It's is visibility, so people can see you. And what you do but yeah tell us more do go into a bit more detail Fiona because I'm sure everybody's going well what did she do what did she do (laughs) (laughs) okay well initially I worked on newspapers so I worked on a weekly newspaper in Somerset then I went to a little town called Canesham near Bristol then I moved to Froome in Somerset and then I went to work on a daily newspaper in Swindon which at the time was four editions a day so very fast paced I also did hospital radio and it was fun it was great but it's long hours it's unsocial hours so having a private life can be very challenging but I always wanted to get into television that was what I wanted to do and even then back in the early 1990s it was really competitive industry really tricky so there was I on newspapers volunteering at hospital radio and then on my precious days off I used to do shifts for free for local tv to get my foot in the door and I did that on and off for two years before I got my first opportunity and then I moved into television, which I absolutely loved. It was my dream job. I ended up being a series producer for ITV, which is just a a TV term for project manager, project managing TV shows. And I loved it and I would have done it forever. But there is no doubt that having a private life and a family alongside that, you cannot manage that without a supportive partner and lots of good childcare. I can imagine. So which programmes were you working on, Fiona? Because I'm sure people are going, oh, what did she work on? What did she work on? (laughs) Okay. Whilst I was employed full-time in television, it was mainly regional programming. So I worked on series called West Island 
My View, which was a single subject documentary program. We won masses of awards and Panorama used to follow us. So you'd often find we would do a subject and then uh, the Panorama team were based in Bristol, I should say. So they literally were up the road. You would find they'd cover the same subject like six months to a year later. That happened a lot. And it was fantastic. I also did a political show called The West This Week, which was our weekly political show. I ran that for some years. And then various other documentaries around it and commissioned work. I worked on dispatches programmes. I worked for Teachers TV, Social Care TV, various sort of spin-off TV channels. And then when I left my job, I was made redundant, sadly, and became freelance, set up my media consultancy. The stars then aligned for me to pick up some TV work alongside that as I was building my business. So I worked on the one show. When when I went freelance, the stars started to align and I was able to take TV work that fitted to my agenda, not to theirs. So I worked for a period of time on a programme called X-Ray, which is like the Welsh version of Watchdog. Yeah, I worked on The One Show, which was fantastic. Doing consumer stories with uh, Lucy Siegel and Dominic Littlewood at the time. And then I became a location director, a guest director on the um, daytime TV show Flog It, presented by Paul Martin. Yes, I bet that was brilliant. I bet that was such a great show to work on. Just fantastic. For fans of the show, it was actually, to me, make it was as joyful as it is to watch it so I was on the series for six years for which I'm extremely grateful until the BBC pulled it they decided not to do flog it anymore but I'm still great friends with many of the experts including the main presenter Paul Martin I just loved it and I know far more than I should do about antiques and old stuff I mean, it's just, it was just such a joyous programme and it is such a shame that it was, it was pulled. I mean, I've been a bit of a, a, an antiques roadshow aficionado for many, many years. There was something a bit more texture to the Flog It programme because you'd, he, he's such a character in himself and it was less sort of stilted. And just, I don't know, with people bringing their stuff in and discussing it and yeah, it's just such a great, and he wore great suits as well, didn't he? Let's face it. <laughs> Paul and I have had many conversations about his suits. But yeah, two things that really came across on the show. Everybody loved working on it. Everyone. Um, Paul was adored by the people that turned up and he really engaged with people and showed real interest in the objects, particularly anything to do with arts and crafts and, you know, old crafts, furniture particularly. And he could always tell a story and was genuinely interested in both the person and the object. And in fact, all the experts were. And I think that's what made it. There was a real family feel to the show. But it's that passion, isn't it? I mean, I can hear it in your voice. And, you know, looking back at your career, obviously we'll come up to sort of present date shortly, but you've followed your flow. You've done the stuff that you've been passionate about. I mean, right when we're going back to you saying you on your your precious days off of doing voluntary work in TV to... To gain that experience and I, having myself a career of 35 years in recruitment in addition to being a coach and wanting another I would always encourage people if they are wanting to change careers or they're wanting to do something different or they've got a passion go and get some volunteers offer yourself up because that is the door that is the window that is the opportunity and seeking those opportunities and seizing them when you find them it's that that will lead you into as you did I mean you did it what you say for two years and it took you into TV it's just amazing where it took you and then when you're talking about Paul 
that was the same for him. You know, he's you can, you can hear that passion as you've just alluded to. And if I'm correct in thinking from having done some research on him previously, he was an expert before he became a presenter, wasn't he? Whereas you can get a lot of people who are presenters, but they're not necessarily experts in the field. Well, Paul's backstory was that he had a shop and he has one now which he opened a couple of years ago and loved what he did. BBC researcher walked into the shop one day, listened to him talking. I probably saw him lighting up when he talks about something. And it was that association. And I think he's very self-effacing, Paul. And I think that when that opportunity came up, he didn't really take it seriously. He didn't think anything would come off it. And did a screen test, didn't think anything would come of it. And and then it did. And it was like a surprise to him. But once you meet him and you hear him talking about antiques, it's not going to be a surprise to you. And I know if I walk down the street with Paul in Corsham, he's got a shop in Corsham in Wiltshire now, um, that you have to, if you think, right, it's a 10 minute walk, we're going to go and take a, a, you have a coffee together at that pub. That 10 minutes will become half an hour for all the people who stop and talk to him. That's just the way that he is. He just has an energy and an empathy. And I think if you've got that, you know, you're very lucky. Make the most of it. That's what I say. Absolutely. But the, but you've got that as well, haven't you? Because, I mean, that's how you come across. And that's why you work in the area that you do, isn't it? That, that PR and you understand and you build that rapport and you connect with people in order to actually then do what you're doing today, which if we bring it back, you know, it's it's understanding people and what it is they want to achieve to help them raise their visibility through all the different aspects of media, I guess. Yeah, I, I suppose so. And thank you for saying that but the truth is I mean if we put it cynically I've been a nosy old bag since I was 16 years old I, I love stories I love people I'm curious and nosy about people and it's genuine I'm interested in someone who's I mean I've interviewed prime ministers I've even interviewed Bill Clinton but equally I'm interested in speaking to you know the guy who's homeless in the street about if he is willing about how he got there what's his backstory I I, I can't help it I'm just curious and nosy in terms of PR it's all about storytelling but you you have to be mindful around storytelling it's incredibly powerful incredibly emotive and someone like you who coaches will know this some people tell their stories without considering the impacts and the consequences of telling their story not all stories should be told all at once you have to be ready for it because of the power of the story and the impacts and the consequences that come and at the time we are recording this I mean you only have to think of Harry's book Spare which came out recently you know what will be the impacts of that has he made a right decision to do that has he thought about that you know because while there might be a nice massive price tag attached to it you can't put a price on mental health happiness and wellness. So, you know, I would urge people who want to tell their story to just pause, take a breath and really think about what they want and what their goals are. Even before you pick up the phone or drop an email to someone like me, when I will make you visible and it will bloody well happen. So you've got to be ready for it. Yeah, exactly. And it is, it's about that future pacing. I was having a conversation with somebody, I think it was uh, yesterday or the day before, and I was using Brides Getting Married analogy 
clergy. You know, there's all this, always, oh, this excitement, we're having a big wedding and we're doing this and there's all this in the honeymoon and you, there's all this energy focused in on the wedding. And then after that, it stops. And it's like, now what? Whereas with the PR side of things, you, as you say, it, that changes things in a different way because suddenly, you, you know, you, as you say, you are completely visible. But it's this change in the state that you are in and it's about preparing for that, which is why I've used that analogy, because it's preparing for the fact that all of that sort of excitement is going to come to an end. Whereas with the PR, you put yourself out there and it's the fallout, like you just alluded to with Harry's book, Spare, that, I mean, when it came out and there were excerpts, weren't there, being sort of thrown out there before it actually was released. Did he speak to a legal team about this? Has he actually thought about that? You know, and I often look at that that whole scenario with with Harry and Meghan and all of that's going on and I, I extract the fact that they are who they are and the fact that they're male and female and I look at the scenario and going... <laughs> You know, it's like, hmm, yes, I have my, you know, you can see who's sort of kind of in, you know, I don't want to be judgmental, but, you know, when you actually just look at the sort of the energies surrounding it all, somebody was vulnerable, somebody was manipulative and, in, you know, and controls things. And that's where we are today, because actually, if you've got a fallout with your family, don't put it in the press. <laughs> Go and sort it out in person. People do what they do and there's a reason behind people doing what they do and maybe the lesson is in the fallout because actually there's always learning along the way in whichever way we look at it. And if that's what's happened, what learning, you know, putting yourself out there, it may be that then other people actually don't do that on the back of what happens and that's the lesson for other people. But yeah, massive, massive. We could talk about that one for quite a long time, Fiona. I suppose the only thing I'd say about that is that people forget and indeed Harry may not have realised this but actually it's a repeating pattern because that's what his mum did his mum used the media as a weapon when she was apparently I mean I didn't know her I never met her in a lifetime not as a journalist but she was felt powerless in a pretty loveless marriage as far as I could tell within an institution that was huge and one of her weapons was the press And the thing is with the media, as we all know, the media represents the public and the public can be a strange animal. It can be both for good and for ill. You kind of have to take some responsibility and consider consequences in putting yourself out there. I don't want to make people to be be afraid. Being out in the media can be a wonderful thing for your business, but you have to decide at the outset what is suitable for you and what is not. And that you may need some professional support around that. No, exactly. I mean, I had a situation before Christmas. It was all, it was, I won't go into all the ins and outs and details of it, but suffice to say, somebody in my sort of wider network was writing an article and I'd made a comment on a, on a social media post and it suddenly built up momentum. And then before I knew it, it was like, it was, she was writing something in conjunction with a freelance journalist for The Sun and they wanted to basically put words into my mouth about stuff. And I'm going, uh, no, that, no, I don't think so. I don't mind saying X, Y and Z, but absolutely not. That that really, that, that, that doesn't align with my values and integrity. And actually, that could actually completely annihilate everything. And plus the fact, you know, wouldn't have made any difference had I been doing it for money, but I, has, I wasn't. But, you know, she was getting paid. The freelance journalist was getting paid. The paper was getting paid. My, the person that had taken my photographs would have taken a nod. I wouldn't have got anything other than sort of like my whole reputation being trashed. And so I went, no, I don't think so. And that's, that's, the, that's the taking responsibility. You know, it was just, no, no. But I just want to revert back to, as well, your curiosity and being nosy, because that sounds like me. I've always, that's why I end up, I think, in a career in recruitment, because... 
I've always been naturally curious about people and their lives and how they've got to where they've got to. And it's just fascinating. And people generally are fascinating, which is why I love being a coach and helping them with their lives as well and moving that life along. You know, and, and when you get into that PR and marketing and visibility side, when you're doing all the PR for somebody, that, that impacts on their life, like you've just said. So it's about being aware what you're stepping into. <laughs> so tell me, tell me you, you, you get excited about it. What's your, you know, who do you, who do you like working? Who do you love working with the best? Oh, gosh, I don't have an individual I like working with the best. I have a type of person I like working with. Well, first of all, I like people that genuinely like other people and want to be out there and see what the value is. So in my work, world getting coverage about you in the local paper has as much value as getting it in the sun or the daily mirror or huffington post anyone who's going to talk about you or your business or your charity or your organization positively in another place should be valued and honored when it comes to more negative things that's a whole different process you alluded to it earlier that's a whole different set of questions you need to ask and parameters you need to put in place but when it's positive You have to embrace it and just say, great, thank you very much. The other thing is, think about this, is that people buy from people. It doesn't matter how big your business is. It doesn't matter how big your brand is. At the end of the day, people buy from people and they resonate with people. And if people want to test this, particularly detailed people who um, tend to be very process driven, they're into their numbers, talk about ROI a lot those types of people, try on LinkedIn one day sharing one post about something that has nothing to do with your product, service or business. And you see what happens to that post and you compare it to the other posts you've put out there. People resonate with things that are emotional. Real example of this, during lockdown, I'm an extrovert. So if you can imagine being locked down with the same people for the best part of a year drives an extrovert nuts. I need to be out meeting people. I get ideas and energy from being around people. I get very lethargic, slow and down if I'm in the same environment all the time. So one of the things I did, because I know this about myself, was I made sure I took the dog for a walk every single day. I didn't opt out on that chore with anyone else. I went for a walk with her on the same stretch of canal every single day. And I thought I'll take a picture a day at least of what I see and share that with my Facebook audience. That's just as Fiona Scott, not on Scott Media page, not in my tribe, not in my business membership group, just as Fiona Scott and I did and I've done that ever since for three years and I get more comments and interaction from a photograph of a heron or a deer or a robin or a tree or a flower every single day than I do from anything I have ever done before and that's because in a very organic way I've built an audience who they use it as part of the structure of their day I suppose People watch and follow me and look out. for, And it's a one kilometre stretch of canal. That's all that we have. But I walk it every day. So, uh, you know, test it. If you are a person that thinks nobody wants to hear about that or they think it's all about the business, it's not about me. No, no. It's all about you and then the business when you are visible. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. I and mean, it's, it's interesting using that analogy. I mean, it's, it is that consistent approach for a start, isn't it? And it is about building up. I mean, it's connecting. And at the end of the day, you want to work with people who get to you. And if you're sharing that element of you and who you are, 
And before we, we started to record this episode, I'd had a message from a friend saying, are you everything all right? I've not seen you posting on social media just recently. Because <laughs> on the run up through December, because we're recording this in January, everything everything was sort of crashing down around me. It's like, oh my God. And I've just sort of took myself away from things. Um, I'm just now building my momentum back up. But it's interesting because people start to notice when you're not posting as well. And then they think there's something amiss. So I've got to get myself back into that routine. For example, I've just done one post on LinkedIn this week. And, you know, the visual image that you use to associate, which you've just mentioned, obviously that image that you know along the canal, it's always good to have a visual alongside whatever it is you're talking about, because that has impact. So, you know, I, I've got a lot of stock photographs myself that I had taken last year, professional photo shoots. So I'll use those or I'll, I might just do a gurning photograph of myself or it could be me on a park run, which I'll, I'll post and share. But it's just about con- maintaining that visibility. And so where you can, I feel for me, from the training that I've had, is, is linking it back into what you actually do as, as a business. And it, it builds up, as you say, it builds up momentum. But it's, again, like you, I'm, I'm an extrovert. And I, I, it's, it's about being around people. It's about what lifts your energy. And that's really interesting that you recognise that. And I think anybody that's listening, it's, you know, identifying what... What fires you up? What floats you about? Because, I mean, you've obviously, right from an early age, you recognise that curiosity. It took you down the route of journalism and into TV and now doing, you know, and obviously doing the PR and everything. And you sound like you've always been aligned with your energy, your career, your focus. It's so important. You know, again, through my career in recruitment and coaching, obviously, as well, how many people aren't? And when you're not in alignment with your energy, it can bring on health issues as well. So, it's, so if those of you that are listening, if you're out, if you're not happy doing what you're doing, what are you happy doing? It's so important and start to build that experience up like you've done, Fiona. When you, well, in the early days, when you, you got that experience on a voluntary basis, do that because that can help you then change career. It's using those skills that you've got and moving them forward into something else that's more powerful. Um, and now you've created your whole own business that, as you say, you work your hours how you want to work them? I mean, I do work hard. I'm a bit of a workaholic, but that's because I love what I do. Most of the time, I don't even see it as work. Someone's paying me to do what I love. But what I would say is, as a business owner, it's really important that you understand your personality type and who you are. I am an extrovert brought up in a very loving family who were all introverts. And the problem for me was that I didn't realise that until I left home, that I was really different, that I was the black sheep, that I was naturally and organically doing things differently to anybody else in my family who subsequently didn't really understand or get me. And frankly, that's never changed. But, well, you know, love is at the heart of it, which is great. But I've had to accept that in my own family, and I'm talking, I'm not talking about my husband or my kids, but I'm sort of my parents and my sister. I'm really difficult. They to them, I I can be overpowering. I'm loud. I'm out there. I'm not a private person. I get out and about. I don't spend hours on my own. I can't bear it. And they are all very different to me but that's okay because the strengths I have have led me to this amazing career and life that I have had and continue to have but I do recognize that you know some people won't like that they won't resonate with that and that's fine you know that's absolutely fine not everyone can be your client or customer or your friend no exactly but what's really really important in the message that you've just delivered there is that you have been true to yourself 
you haven't been held back by people thinking, well, you're not the same as us. Because we are, as you, as individuals, we are all unique and we've all got different sort of ways of internal drivers. I mean, I'm an extrovert like you are, you know, and I'm, not, I'm definitely not an introvert, but I do like time on my own. Um, and I do like being out there and talking and being, and I get my energy that way. But equally so, I, I do quite like sort of, a spell of time on my own but as you say it's not for everybody but that doesn't mean to say that they're wrong and you're right but you've got a different you know you could we could be in the same room as extroverts and have a completely different experience of what's going on so you know we're all driven by what's gone before what's within us how we are and it's embracing that and it's accepting that within each other and collaborating when necessary and having your tribe of people that you do work with but it's really embracing who you are which is why you've had this success that you've had and you still have because you've followed that flow you've you, you know and, and there's people that are in my network that I've who I see who have got incredible success there's um Katie Neves she came out she was Martin Neves and she came out as Katie Neves I think it's about four years ago now she was on the London Fashion Week. London. She was on the catwalk at the London Fashion Show <laughs> last year, and it's all. You know, you know, four years ago, she was still Martin. She she could never have even perceived that. But because she's completely accepted who she is, I mean, there was obviously a lot of family fallout because of all of that, and one thing or another. But she stayed true to who she is. It's you know, it doesn't come without its hardships, like you've alluded to. But you know, when you are true to yourself, eventually everybody will come round. And if they don't, that's their stuff to deal with. It's not your stuff to try and rectify. You've just got to be true to yourself, and then you will have those those tribes of people. And I feel very grateful and honoured myself and lucky that I've got such an amazing network of people that yeah, really supportive. Which is where you're at, isn't it? When you when you do you. <laughs> you do you the best you and the best version of you the thing is also i mean i know katie so i totally get it and i met her in london last year or so ago she's great isn't she oh i love her and you can ask her all those questions that you've always wanted to about being trans of which many of us are completely ignorant and because i am the person i am i'm not scared to ask the questions but i think the other thing about extroverts sometimes we can come across as very arrogant out there it's all about me 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 Um, And that's okay if you perceive me in that way, fine. But the truth is, I enjoy talking to one person as much as I enjoy talking to a thousand. I have the same passion talking about what I do one-to-one as I do talking one to a thousand, one to a million. And that is the truth. I really don't care how big my audience is. Yeah, I want to make money. Yeah, I want my business to be successful. But if someone really wants to spend time with me and they're going to go out of their way to do it by joining me at a networking event because they haven't got any budget to work with me but chatting to me uh, for 15 minutes, then I will give them my time because they've made the effort. They've taken action. And those are the people I want to work with. People who it's not about how big your bank balance is. You can decide where you want to engage with me for free, for small, for big, whatever. But if you make the effort to engage with me, I will engage with you. Absolutely. I'm I'm totally with you on that. And it is, it's about having people in your orbit and you know there's people that want to be in your orbit not as you say not everybody can afford it some people might want to work on a one-to-one some people I mean this is where I've come in and sort of on my level of I wrote I've produced a book five five four years five years ago crikey but what collaboration last year so people can access that and the book's even on a kindle version so that's even cheaper or you can subscribe to my newsletter or you can follow me on social media as you say you, you can get something can't you absolutely for nothing but actually if you want to work with you or me you know and then the services that we provide if you want to do that one-to-one that that's where the real 
the real energy comes in because you, you, you get to know that person. You can help them propel their, their career, their life, whatever it is, forward in the direction that they want to take it. So, um, yeah, it's just exciting, isn't it? Working with people is just great. <laughs> I just love. Yeah, I mean, I've found and helped people and I've been very, very mindful of this in, right from the early stages of the, the, the part I play, I've played in people's lives. And being really mindful to be take care of that because it's you know you you are with somebody's life if you're if somebody's looking to change career or change jobs, you know you've got to be mindful that you're helping them find a role that's absolutely right for them. So it's about listening and tuning in and understanding what they're saying and hearing between the lines about again it's coming along the lines of what you've said about PR wise. You know it's really understanding what they want to achieve from making that career move. And, and and listening to your client on the other side and understanding what they want and getting that marriage right with with the vacancy with whatever vacancy it is that that person's been applying for and over the years I've helped thousands of people find jobs and continue to sort of help people today find jobs and even if the ones that I don't actually actively put into a job you know I've already I've helped them through the conversations that I've had. <laughs> It's, but it's, it's, it's a feel-good factor, isn't it, Fiona, when, you, when you're helping people? But you can only help those that want to be helped and want to take action And because there's nothing more frustrating than somebody saying they do, but then they, they actually don't make any effort whatsoever. Yeah, and I always try. I mean, if you look on my LinkedIn, it says no nonsense, no BS. And I deliberately put there because in my world of PR, there is a lot of BS. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors. We can achieve this for you. We can achieve that for you. And as someone with years in journalism, I always think, can they? gosh, what, what direct route have they got to do that? And nine times out of 10, it turns out to be flim flam. So I think that there's a lot of BS in business generally. And that's, that's something we all have to navigate as we're building a business, however big or small our business is. And we will make mistakes and that's okay. Um, just learn from them is all I would say. But, you know, there is no smoke and mirrors or magic wand when it comes to PR. A lot of it is process. It's pedestrian. It's doing things consistently. It's having someone to guide you to do it. Um, you have to be out there invisible on the days where you think no one's listening and you're shouting into a void. You have to do all of that. There is no magic source. There is no magic wand. And you have to grasp that with your end goal in mind. And the only way you can grasp that with your end goal in mind and cope with the days when it's quiet, when you're paying out, putting in effort, putting in time and nothing's happening, the only way you can deal with it is actually to be passionate about what you do. We have a short time here. What is the point of spending 40 years doing something you hate just because you're focusing just on the money? Or something like that. You will, as you've already said, you will either make yourself ill physically or mentally, or you will get to your end of your life and think, bloody hell, I could have done this, that or the other. There's a really good poem called The Dash. Look it up. And it's about, if you think about the dash on your gravestone, it's the dash on your gravestone. Born in this year, in my case, 1966, died in this year. What have you done with your dash? And, you know, and I know, and I say this to my children, if I pop my clogs tomorrow, I will be grateful for the life that I have had and the gifts that I've, and I'm proud of the things that I've done. Some things I've done in my life have gone wrong spectacularly. I'm not proud of everything. I've gone down some blind alleys. I've made some big, big mistakes. But overall, I've taken action and I've learned and I've moved on and I've done things that fill me with joy. You know, my middle name is Joy, believe it or not. And now I 
I'm in a position to work with nice people. I don't put up with nonsense. I don't care what people think of me. Um, because if you're thinking negatively about me, you're never going to work with me anyway. So that's fine. I just want to carry on being better, being more me, helping other people who want to be helped. Absolutely. And it is, you've, everything you've said is, I, I totally sort of celebrate because it is, it's just like, you know, you've got to, you've got to live your life. You've got to enjoy it. You can learn from the past. You can plan for the future. You live in the present, but you, you're grateful. You enjoy it. You appreciate it. You do what brings you joy. You bring, brings you happy. What makes you leap out of bed in the morning? What makes your heart sing? Okay. I mean, there's, you know, even when you're doing all of that, there's still going to be the challenges. And like you've said, I mean, I've had, I mean, last year was, was very challenging for me in various ways there were some incredible highlights but there were just <laughs> I was so glad to see the back of 2022 but you know what you learn from this stuff and you move forward and you have to let go of it because there's no point in dragging that baggage along with you because I often say to clients you know when I'm working with my coach well, just let it go would you carry 24 34 54 years worth of clothes around with you that don't fit no so let it all go you know it just Let's focus on what you've learned from from that and where you want to go. And let's get clear about what it is you want to achieve. But as you said, be passionate about it, because whatever you're doing, if you're passionate about what you do, if it brings you joy, if it's radiating that outwards, you're going to attract that back in. And it may be that you want to become something X, Y and Z, but if that's not part of your path, not what your part of meant to be, it's that acceptance but also understanding you've got this bigger picture you're working towards and recognising the opportunities that present themselves, but also tuning into knowing what's right and what's wrong. There's a, complex, there's a complexity to it, but the simplistic form is just love what you do, because if you don't love what you do, you are going to end up feeling unhappy and it's going to radiate outwards and it's going to cause all sorts of issues. But if you recognise that you're enjoying stuff and look for the positives wherever possible, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be on a winner, won't you? Um, well, I'm picking up from what you're saying with with PR and visibility and particularly media outreach part of PR. So that's just a small part of what PR is. But if you are not aligned and happy, it will come out in the simple process of writing a story and finding a photograph. And I found this many times over the years. So, for example, if you decide I need professional photographs of me, a headshot of me for my business, and if you start to say to yourself, right, I'm going to uh, use that photograph of me 20 years ago, or because um, I really like that, or um, I'm going to get the photographs done when I've lost three stone, that is a real red flag that you are not living in the present and owning who you are right now. Because people won't see that and you're actually lying to them. Think of all the times on LinkedIn that you've seen a photograph of someone, met them in real life and thought, actually, you're a good 30 years older than that photograph. You feel slightly you feel slightly deceived. But equally, this thing of, well, when I've lost three stone or when I've done this, you know, OK, when is that going to be? A year? Two years? How long are you going to wait to be the perfect person you want to be? You have to have an acceptance of who you are right now and embrace it. Look, if you look at me, folks, you're going to know. And I do this quite deliberately. I don't dress up quite a lot. I'll do videos when I've just got out of bed. And I is it because I'm lazy? Yeah, I don't enjoy putting on makeup and I don't enjoy dressing up. But the truth is, I totally accept who I am now as a 56-year-old woman who is overweight. I'm not a stupid person. Um, but what I've got to share has value for some people. If it's a value for one person out there, I will share it and I will accept who I am right now. 
you know, and if you find writing a story about your backstory so difficult that you're going to procrastinate over it, the problem is deeper than the story that you want to write for the media. There is something else going on. Now, I'm not a business coach, but if you find you get stuck all the time in this kind of outreach stuff, even if you're doing it yourself, then get help from a business coach because you are going to waste your money working with someone like me by continually putting stupid little blocks in the way of moving forward and being visible. Exactly. And that's where the coaching comes in. Absolutely. It is about removing the blocks. It's about moving forward. It's everything that you've just said. It's about being authentic. It's about being true to yourself. It's about being who you are and being happy with stuff. And if there are blocks, there are so many different ways of moving blocks, you know, from working with a coach like myself or for work, you know, you can employ holistic therapies. There's a whole nature of stuff that I've gone through over the years, you know, from EFT and Reiki and God, what else? I don't know. I've done loads of stuff. (laughs) Shamanic stuff, spiritual stuff, you know, loads of it. And it's about being in alignment and it's an ongoing process because however much you clear... You pick stuff up along the way, but actually you, then you get, you, you get, because of the personal development you go through, you get quicker at recognising the, the flags that you've said and the things and you go, right, no, no, stop. That's enough. That's enough. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Fiona. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much with me and obviously with my audience, which is global. It's a, in fact, I really do need to go and check on them. I and mean, I know it's been downloaded in over 129 countries over, I think, 35,000 times. But, you know, I really do need to hop on and see where these new countries are because I've got a map on my wall with all the pins in so I know where my podcast's been downloaded. And I really want to go and travel. So if anybody wants to book me to come and do some podcasts in another country, let me know. <laughs> but how do people get in touch with you, Fiona? Where, where do they find you? How can they contact you? Okay, yeah, absolutely. So if you want a bit of Fiona for free, I'm on LinkedIn as Fiona Scott. You can find me on Twitter at the Fiona Scott. You can find I've got a group on Facebook called Fiona Scott's PR Tribe, which you can um, apply to join. It's free. And in there, I do sell my stuff for all transparency, but it is a free group. And then you can kind of stalk me for a while, see what I do, see what true good, honest PR looks like before you make any other decisions. I've got a podcast as well. So you can pop this all about PRs. You can pop along and look at that as well. And, you know, just reach out and engage. And do you have a website? Right, yeah, it's www.scottmedia.uk. Awesome, awesome. Thank you again, Fiona, so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you all for listening. Um, And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do rate, review, follow, subscribe, whatever you do on your platform. And if you want to get in touch with me, like I said at the beginning, it's sarahjnaylor.com. And anyway, until next time, thank you all so much for listening. Um, Lots of love from me. Take care for the rest of the day, week, month, year, wherever it is. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J. Naylor. If you took value from the content, please follow the show on your podcast app. And to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset, visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's sarahjnaylor.com.